It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. FAMU's playoff chances just went up with a win over Alabama State that lived up to the hype, and Swag Basketball is off to an early, hot start. Oh, yeah, it's Locked On HBCU. Play my music. You are Locked On HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked on HBCU podcast, your number one. Daily one-stop shop for everything HBCU athletics, Monday through Friday, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I, of course, am Darian Gray, a.k.a. the Mouth of the South, Texas Southern alum and former TSU Herald Sports Editor. Thank you for going on this journey with me, making Locked On HBCU your first listen of the day every day. And remember, just because the mic cuts off does not mean that the journey is over. It just means it's time to follow me on Twitter at South Exclusives. You can go ahead and see that at the bottom of the screen, or if you're listening, that is exclusives with an S at the bottom. I mean, at the end, excuse me. Now, today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. And if you want to talk to the candidates that are qualified for you faster, this is your place. LinkedIn.com slash, excuse me, LinkedIn.com slash locked on college allows you to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. And we're talking about qualified. This game was more than qualified. It was everything that I wanted it to be. When I looked at this game going into it, I said these are two defenses that have been very solid all year long. All year long, they have been a really good defense. And when you have two teams that have two good defenses, you're expecting a defensive slugfest. And that's exactly what I got. If I would have got some offense, yeah, I would have been okay. Like, I would have been all right, and I would have championed it. I like Jeremy Moose. I like Xavier Smith. And I thought they both had pretty good games. I like D. Davis, right? He didn't have the game that he probably wanted, but I do like Davis. So I would have been okay if these guys really got loose, but at the same time, I'd be lying to you if I didn't tell you I wanted to see good defense here. And it came in different ways. It came in different ways. However, defense was definitely on display. The final score was 21-15. to 15. Neither team got into double digits until the fourth quarter. This is impressive. And I thought that FAMU's defense was slightly better. Now, I'd understand if you would say that is not the case because I think they both really excelled in different ways. So that's what I mean when I say good defense don't always look the same, same but you know what it is. When, when you see it, you know what it is. It just doesn't always look the exact same way. So with FAMU, I considered them to be better because I felt like they just stopped Alabama State in their tracks more. They didn't allow as many yards, right? They didn't allow more than one play of 20-plus yards. They didn't even allow 200 total yards. To me, and they actually scored. See, there were six scoring plays in this game, only three of which came from the offense. There was the safety that FAMU had. There was the kick, the blocked field goal return for a touchdown that fam you had to close out the game and then also the block punt now i understand that only one of those are technically defensive plays but it shows you that there just isn't a lot of scoring from these offenses period there's three point or three scoring plays 
by the offense. That would be considered a really good defensive game. So, fam, you had an actual scoring play, and that's what gives them the edge. But you look at Alabama State, they did a phenomenal job bending but not breaking. And any time they got in the red zone, it felt like, oh, interception force right away. That's good defense. I just gave it to FAMU because they didn't even allow Alabama State to drive. They didn't even allow Alabama State to really get yardage. You didn't, you didn't have 200 yards, right? Even if you don't want to take away the, the loss, you don't hit 250. If you're only going with the rush yards gain, not the rush yards lost, you still don't hit 250. You know, so this was a really strong performance by FAMU, and they got an actual point. And it, like I said, it doesn't mean that Alabama State didn't play good defense. It just means that I thought FAMU had the edge. And when you see at the end of the game, I believe that's what it was. Because, because the Hornets were bending but not breaking, you were always in danger. And when, they and when the game was on the line and you needed to go ahead, Jeremy Musa connected. And it was a play that, I mean, it wasn't the big play that everybody thinks about, but... It was a major play that ended up taking the lead for the final time. That's how that's the way that I looked at it. But fam, you had a fantastic game. But I want to talk about what it means. Because yes, they are now for sure going to be the second place team in the SWAC East. But their dreams were much bigger than that. And this game was much bigger than that. Going forward, however, I want to talk about LinkedIn, uh, LinkedIn jobs because that is who is bringing us today's episode. Now, if you're a small business owner, you're coming up on Black Friday. It's literally a week and some change away. Gosh, the time really jumped up on me. But it's about a week and a half away. You want to make sure you're prepared. After that, it's, it's uh, Christmas season. You're going to make sure you need to have the qualified candidates, these qualified employees on your side at all times. And the best place to find them is at LinkedIn.com. So go ahead and post your job with the purple hashtag hiring frame. Go to LinkedIn.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. As we keep on rolling on today's episode of Locked on HBCU, I appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day every day. For your second listen of the day, make sure you're checking out Locked on Sports today with Peter Bukowski. He's going to be bringing on local experts for all of the national stories. And today's word of the day is auger, meaning to show or suggest that something might happen in the future. And I feel as if this game over Alabama State, this victory kind of augurs a playoff run or at least a playoff appearance, let's start small, a playoff appearance for Florida A&M. That's kind of what I feel like. That's what things are trending towards. Like I said, we've broken down the Rattlers' win. We understand how the defense was so good. They didn't allow Alabama State to score or really get drives going. We understand that, right? But what does it mean? Like, what, what's the big picture here? What is the, the bigger thing? Is there anything else, or is it just a game? 
it's the former. It's something definitely bigger going on here. I believe that this game did big things for FAMU getting into the playoffs in the future. That's the goal. You know, depending on who you ask, that's, you know, they want to win the SWAC. But that's also a goal that they want to prove that they are one of the best teams in the FCS. And they want to do that through the playoffs. I've heard Coach Simmons talk about it. Of course, he'd rather beat Jackson State and be in a celebration mode. Maybe that's just not in the cards right now. It hasn't been for the last two years, but the playoffs can be back. And for me, one of the things that I really do love about doing this show every day and, you know, every week, like we're here and we get to watch these stories go on. I enjoy watching these ongoing stories, but difference for me is when it's just me. I'm just by myself and I don't have to talk about it. I'm just thinking it here. There's a track of what I say. Every, every opinion I have and I bring up, there's a track of what I say. And if you wanted to go through and, and just bring up everything I've said about FAMU this year up to this point, you could. You could. You couldn't do that if I'm just at my house unless you tap my house. And I got Simply Safe. So you ain't going to be able to just tap my house. I'm going to know you're coming, right? <laughs> but truthfully, I remember I was talking about this, sec uh, this subject last week, maybe two weeks ago. And I just wasn't ready to commit. I don't think that it was time to commit. But things change. Because now in the AFCA poll, FAMU is number 24. At that time I was talking, they didn't even have any top 25 votes. So how can I in good faith talk about a team that didn't have any votes for the top 25 be in the, in the FCS playoffs? Now with this 24th ranking in the AFCA poll, you have some votes to be in the top 25 now. Things are different. Now everything is turned around. Things have changed. The chances at the playoffs, to me, are significantly greater. And they're worth being talked about. Because if you're not in the top 25, there's no need to entertain you making the playoffs. Especially when your conference doesn't have an automatic bid. That's why we can talk about North Carolina A&T. Because they have an automatic bid. But when you're not even getting votes, it's not even realistic. Now... Things have changed. That's why when the news broke that they were 24th in that poll, I said, oh, okay. Now things are getting interesting because now you have a legit shot at making it. It went from just, oh, I hope, or they deserve, and now it's a real shot. Because here's the thing. FAMU is playing their best ball at the end of the season, and that's what you always want. No matter what the sport is, you want to play your best ball at the end of the year. Now, for professionals, that's so that you can go hot into the playoffs. But when it comes to collegiate sports, specifically football, it's for the narratives. Football is so narrative-based in college football. Whether you're talking about FBS and, oh, well, when you play best at the end of the year, your ranking's going to go up. You get a better bowl. 9-2 and two is 9-2. and two, But two games that you lose at the beginning of the year is not the same as two games you lose at the end of the year. They're just not created equal. Because the idea that you've gotten better, it's still alive if you lose at the beginning. You lose at the end, kind of feel like it's what you are, even if you just had an off day. What I say about off days the other day, I'm better than you, right? <laughs> um, I saw that clip. It was funny. But when you're looking at FAMU, that's a clip of my own. I, yes, I laugh at my own stuff sometimes. But uh, when you look at FAMU, Florida a is playing their best ball at the end of the year, right when playoffs are approaching, right when their ranking can jump so that they can make it into the playoffs, so their name is buzzing right now. But then also, look at who they've beaten. They beat Southern, probably the best victory of the year. 
They just beat Alabama State. That was a statement victory. And if they could close out against Bethune-Cookman, they're going to knock off their rival. You can make a legitimate argument that these last three games, if they win them all, are the three biggest wins of FAMU season. And they're all at the end of the year when they're trying to make a push towards the playoffs. And what I thought was funny is on Monday morning, I believe, I saw news that they were trying to bid to host a playoff game. And I was like... That's interesting. I mean, I guess better safe than sorry. And then later on that day, I get the news that, oh, they're 24th in the AFCA poll. Maybe they knew something. Maybe they knew what was coming and said, you know what? We can make the playoffs. Let's go ahead and take a bid. And it's great because that would be the first time since 1998, so nearly 25 years, that FAMU has hosted a playoff game. They did win that game. But then also from a confidence standpoint, you won 15 in a row at home. You're not going to feel as confident anywhere else. Even if you're still confident, that home field advantage is going to add a little extra swagger to you. So I believe that if you get it, it's like, ooh, we play really good at home. I think the road woes have been kind of overblown, but we play really good at home. Let's go ahead and do that. Play this home game on or in the playoffs. And then from a recruiting pitch, they get to see it. The recruits get to actually see it. You don't just know it happened. Like recruits who came in this year, they know that FAMU made it to the playoffs, but can they feel it? And if it's at FAMU, they can actually feel it. They can show up. They can be on the sideline. They can feel it. And it's a little bit different when that's the case. And then just from a business and an economic standpoint, which is why the city of Tallahassee did sign off on it, they actually have the ability to generate money because they're going to have ticket sales. You're going to have Hotels, all the things that we talk about when it comes to traveling, you're going to have that if you have a home playoff game. So it's beautiful. And I actually am very excited for what it can be. I'm glad that FAMU now has a realistic shot. We could legitimately see, fingers crossed, FAMU and North Carolina A&T in the playoffs this year for the FCS subdivision. And going forward, we're going to switch gears and we're going to go to SWAC basketball because they have been heating up so quickly. And I'm in I'm just so overjoyed for this season. But before we get into that, let's tell you about my good friends over there at Bet Online. If you want to put some money down on this game, go ahead and put some money down on it. North Carolina A&T, if you want to put some money down on my pals who they're starting to try to heat up. They just knocked off the Grizzlies without Zion. If you want to put some money down on the World Cup, it's all there. You know, combat sports. It ain't just the Izzy fight. This pay-per-views and, and, and ESPN events every single weekend. You can put money down on all of these things that I named a lot at Bet Online because they are so versatile, in addition to being the fastest and easiest. What a wage on all of your favorite sports, Bet Online, where the game starts. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16 car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. As we keep on rolling on today's episode of Locked on HBCU, we're going to wrap up talking about SWAC basketball. 
And I think that this is great because the season has heated up so quickly. And I know that you know, but I'll elaborate and explain just because. The beginning of basketball season is never great for HBCUs. It's a lot of traveling. It's a lot of going to these bigger schools, right? It's it's not abnormal to see them play a Power 5 school every other game. Like, that's common, you know, or most times they're playing schools who are bigger than them. They're not typically playing at home. That's just not what's happening. So with this tough schedule, typically comes a lot of losses. And I know we be like, yeah, don't really worry about the conference or the out-of-conference schedule for football. But for basketball, way different. It's the same sentiment, but on a completely different level. Like, yes, I'm not worried about it at all. If you win a game, you win a game, period. I'm not counting for them to have more than five victories most times before conference play starts. And they play a lot of games. They just play a lot of games against bigger schools where they are the underdog. And this was no different in any of these games that I'm about to mention. But the fact that they won them has me excited. So we know about the Pac-12 SWAC Legacy Series in which the Pac-12 teams are going to be playing the SWAC teams and they visit an HBCU. Texas Southern hosted one, Grambling hosted one, and Prairie View hosted one. Those are the three SWAC teams to host a Pac-12 opponent this year. And all three of these teams came out victorious. And I thought that was so rare, you know. I would not have expected, and I don't know if you would have either. Let me know. I would not have expected them to go split dead even down the middle in men's basketball in this SWAC, uh, this Pac-12 SWAC legacy series. I just wouldn't have. But it was a statement victory. You know, a statement. I'm going to talk about that at the end. But this was just so monumental. The very first year. It would have been nice if you would have won outright, you know, maybe went four and two. But that's not the case. And that's cool. That's cool. Three and three is still a great win. Most people aren't expecting that. Pac-12, Power 5 schools, they don't visit HBCUs frequently. They don't visit them often. It's rare. So when they do visit and you come up with a win, this should be celebrated. We talked about Prairie View, or excuse me, we talked about Grambling and Texas Southern on Monday's episode. However, I want to talk about PV because they just came up with a big-time victory over Washington State. So they add to the list. They completed the home sweep, right? So Pac-12 won everything at home. SWAC won everything at home. That's the big difference. But they're not the only three teams who are making big plays. You have Alcorn, who has two big-time victories, one over Wichita State and then one over Stephen F. Austin. You're going to continue to win these games. If Excuse me, if you're going to continue to win these games, how am I supposed to not get excited about what's to come for this season? Last year, there was a log jam at the top of the swag. I don't mind chaos at the top when everybody feels really good. When teams are mid, it's boring. Like, like then I'm like, oh, can somebody just please step ahead? I don't want a bunch of middling teams fighting for the top of anything. Somebody please separate. Somebody. But when it's a bunch of really good teams and they're all at the beginning or they're all at the top, now I'm sitting there like, we're having some fun. This is interesting now. That's the way that I look at it, and I felt like that was the case in last basketball season. And if these teams can keep up, the pressure and keep up the momentum that they have you might be looking at the same thing and I thought it was a statement victory for all on the women's side because we ain't done there was a women's basketball or excuse me Jackson State women's basketball team knocked off Texas Tech in another big time victory there's two things that I feel like they're trying to say two statements one for overall HBCUs just overall 
Yeah, we can hang with the big dogs. See, HBCU basketball gets a bad rap because anytime they get in the playoffs, they're the 16 seed most times. Probably have to play in too. You know, Jackson State women's basketball was able to be 15, I believe. Yeah, 15. But even then, the competition level that you're going against is so ridiculously high. Let's take Jackson State out of it for a second because they really did compete with LSU last year. But you're the 16th seed going against what theoretically is one of the four best teams in the country. You don't win that game because it's one of the four best teams in the country. It makes sense that you're not going to win that game. And now people just think HBCUs can't hang. But I think that if you put an HBCU in the middle of the tournament, they might be able to get away with a win. Maybe even two. That's the way I feel because now you're not going against the best. I do believe that HBCUs can knock off some Power 5 schools. We just saw it. We just saw it. I just list them off. Grambling, Prairie View, uh, Texas Southern. I do believe that you can do it. But trying to play the number one seed is just unfair. It's not a fair shake. But it's okay. It's all right, because this was a statement. This was a statement just overall that, you know what, I can beat them. But then for each individual team, it was a statement as well. So I'll go in order. Grambling. They want to say that little six seed that you ranked us at at the preseason poll, that ain't us. We're going to be better. Look at what we just did to Colorado. Stomped them from start to finish. Never allowed them to tie the game after our first bucket, let alone take a lead. Then you look at Texas Southern. It's simple. I think that TSU just had to remind, I'm still TSU. Like, we beat Florida last year. We beat South, uh, excuse me, we beat Arizona State this year. We do this. You will never underestimate us, and we are still just as good as we have been in the past. Then you look at Prairie View. They want to tell you, well, last year we won that hot. This year, we turning up the heat. We're back to what we were. Then Alcorn, they just ready. They're kind of like TSU. They want to show that they still belong at the top of the swag. And they got two of them. Everybody else got one impressive victory. They got two of them. So kudos to Alcorn State. Alcorn State, excuse me. And then also, Jackson State women's basketball told you, just because Amisha Williams Holiday is gone doesn't mean that we are gone. We knocked off Texas Tech, and we still look prepared to run the SWAC women's basketball conference. So statement victories for all HBCUs. And then also statements for those individual HBCUs. Now, you want to talk about conglomerates? You want to talk about mess? I want to talk about the wild, wild west of the Swag West because things are, they kind of strange. TSU could win the conference or could win the division. Prairie View could win the division. Southern could win the division. Technically, Alcorn could win the division. But I just don't think it's happening because they're facing Jackson State. We're going to be breaking down all of that on tomorrow's episode of Locked on HBCU. But I appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day. Every day for your second listen of the day. Check out Peter Bukowski on Locked on Sports today. Wherever you listen to your podcast, wherever you listen to right now, go ahead and find Locked on Sports today. In the meantime, in between time, if you're looking for me, you can find me on Twitter at South Exclusives. Until the next time that we hear each other, family, take care, stay blessed. Peace. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.